0: I'm Michelle Abraham, the host. Join my family as we unleash your unique genius and find the connections you need to launch your adventure today. Join us and let's get amplified! Hello, hello, amplify you family. Michelle Abraham, your host here today. And have I got an awesome Ask the Expert guest for you today. I'm talking to Hugh Zarecki today, and I know how to say his last name because it rhymes with Gretzky, <laughs> and we were laughing about that before we started, and being Canadian the love and cocky, that was really easy last name for me to, to get, so I hope I got it right. Uh, let me tell you more about Hugh in a minute, but Hugh, let me just say hi and welcome. Thanks for being here today.
1: Oh, no problem. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it.
0: You are so welcome. Well, we've been lining up this interview for a while, so I'm excited to actually finally dive into what you're all about. I know you just launched a book in November, which was just recent. And it was uh, already like top of the charts in so many different categories. And um, I love the, the title of the book is The Launch Button. So we're going to dive lots into Hugh's book today. But before we do, let me just tell you a little bit more about Hugh's background. So he was an IT executive until his wake up call at nine eleven. And I'm sure there's a big story around that we're going to get into. <laughs> and he yeah. realized how short life can be and how important it is to do something that you truly love. So Hugh loves investing in cash flow, and investing in cash flowing properties, businesses, and training entrepreneurs. And I was looking at your website, Hugh. You've trained thousands and thousands and tens of thousands of entrepreneurs over the last few days. You're used to being up on stage and delivering tons of trainings and three days worth of standing on stage and, and, and training. So that's super amazing. And you've been in books with people like Jack Canfield and Les Brown. And like I mentioned before, you have a new book out just recently. So lots to dive into today. I'm so excited you're here. And I want to just dive off the end with like the launch button. Like what? <laughs> Tell us about the launch button because I think that's an intriguing uh, title and I know what it's about. And I think our audience is going to totally love it because they're all about making making a living and making money and having fun with something that they're super passionate about and i know that's why i do podcasting because i love it and i became passionate about it and then we turned it into my business so uh i love it take us there
1: yeah so the the launch button um you know I, I feel a lot of people float through life like a log on a river and then unfortunately some sort of trauma has to happen some sort of thing that is their wake-up call like for me it was 9-11 and, yeah, there's a big story about that, you know, that we can go to in a little bit. But that was sort of the thing that sort of woke me up and realized I wasn't happy. Right. Um, I ended up taking some of the first pictures of the scene that day, even though I was in IT, because back then we didn't have handy dandy cell phone cameras. Right. We actually had to, like, you know, develop the pictures and stuff. So the only camera we had was the name badge camera. So I ran to the roof to give it to a photographer uh, with a picture editor, and they weren't there. So she was like, I'm not taking the picture. I was like, we came all the way to the roof. You know, as and both planes had flew past our window uh, earlier, we won't go into all of that right now. But that was like, all right, so that trauma woke me up and I was like, what do I want to do? I fell backwards into real estate investing and I come from three generations of teachers. Some, uh, both my parents were teachers. My grandfather was a teacher. My sister's a teacher. <laughs> and so teaching was sort of in the blood and they were like, hey, I took a, a course. And that's why I always tell people, you know, go after, if it's 70 to 80% of you of what you want, say yes to it. Right. Because you're never going to get 100 percent of what you want. And so many people are waiting for that. Oh, it's not perfect. It's not 70, 80 percent. So I said, yeah, I'll go to this course. I'll pay for this course, 3A boot camp. And they're like, do you want a job flying around the country teaching and training real estate investors? Not great. We'd already been invested. Right. Like, well, it's sort of like you with podcasts and like, wait, I can get paid to podcast. Right. Like in the beginning, everybody's was like, I just want to do it. And I was like, so you're going to put me in front of real estate investors that I want to get to know and you're going to pay me to do it. I was like, all right, let's check it out, see if we can do it. And that launched me into the real estate world. And I found that most people get stuck either by ego, financially, or um, when I say ego, you know, like their reputation is tied to their, you know, I got to, I'm a VP because I was director of technology. We only had director. It was VP, SVP, CTO, right? That was it, right? There's only so many positions as you go up the corporate pyramid. Mm -hmm. So, and so people were just like not happy. And so whether you're not happy at your job or you, you feel because you're family, you're not going to make enough money by doing that. So it's about starting your passion on the side and building that up while you still have your job. Because I don't believe just fire your boss tomorrow. Like a lot of people say, like, drop it. But let's, let's build up that income. You get to a certain point, you are going to fire them and walk away. You're going to launch out. And we use the rocket launch analogy where the hardest part is to get off the ground. Hmm. Right. That first six inches off the ground is is why the rockets need like four boosters. Right.
0: (laughs) And I'm glad you said that, because I was thinking, you know, in my mind, I'm one of those people that like jumps all into something. And in fact, I did do that when I first started my entrepreneur journey. And I wouldn't recommend people doing that, like just quit your job and just start a business without like having that safety net or that that uh, that side hustle first. Um, so I'm glad that you said that, because that's really uh, a way that you can experiment, I think, with like what you're actually are passionate about and, you know, what you're naturally drawn to outside of your normal work hours. Did you find that you were drawn then to, is that when you were drawn to the real estate initially?
1: Yeah, I mean so I, I found like I went to a friend's wedding mm-hmm. and we were end up staying at this motel, I'll call it a motel, you know, it's like a two-story outdoor thing. Now come from New York City, right? Well, I realized like <laughs> we're on the Outer Banks of North Carolina and you know, we're staying at this place and every room was decorated different. Like different themes and different bed sizes and all of this and there you know, there's only probably like 40 rooms in this whole motel. And we were like 20 of them and everybody had a different motif and a different bed size. And I was like, I don't get this. Like we all paid for the same right standard room. Mm -hmm. And they're like, Oh, they're owned by different people. And I was like, Oh, and the prices of those compared to New York city, it was like, at that time we could buy like $60,000, get a condo on the ocean and rent it out. And I was like, Oh, that's way cheaper than New York city or Vancouver or (laughs) Montreal or something like that. And so that's what started us down that path. And then it just, We ran out of friends and family money. So I took a course to learn how to raise capital. And I was like, all right. And then they offered me that position. And I was like, I didn't know I could do it. So I did my IT job during the day. And then I would Mm -hmm. fly around New York and uh, the US and Canada on the weekends and do three day live trainings and then fly back to work to see if I could do it because I didn't even know I could do it. And that's what I I have in the book. There's ways you can test your business. Mm -hmm. Like there's secret things inside of the Airbnb platforms that you can even create a business in, like even running tours or painting or whatever it is that you guys can do. So you can test it at very low cost and then be like, yeah, I like that.
0: Awesome. I love that. And so for our listeners that are like, maybe not haven't dove right into entrepreneurship yet, they're, you know, thinking about starting a podcast, thinking about getting their name out there, thinking about starting a business. What is your suggestion for like kind of first... Three or four steps to kind of get going. I know I love what you just said about that kind of testing some things out low cost to see what you like. <laughs> I've been seeing all sorts of things on TikTok these days about print on demand and you know affiliate marketing and all this, all this other stuff. And now you can see people just are dabbling and trying a whole different things to see what sticks. What's the next kind of steps after you find something that you do like?
1: So once you, so there's a couple things. There's always uh funding, which is gonna be your oxygen, right? Mm -hmm. If you run out of funds and you see this with most businesses is that when they start out, they run out of funds and they run out of funds. They can't grow their business, right? So the oxygen is depleted from it. And what most people don't understand is if you fire your boss and like, I'm going to be an entrepreneur, no more job, Mm -hmm. which is great. And I'm all for it, right? We're not high pressure. (laughs) Do it with a plan because as soon as you do that, any (laughs) bank looks at you and goes, oh, you don't have two years of business success. I can't lend it to you. I don't care. You got a 700 credit score. I don't care. You got an 800 credit score. So I lay out in the book some steps to do so that you can do that, right? And there's some things before you leave your job, you get all these things lined up uh, and all the things like health insurance, right? People don't understand when they leave. Now they got to pay all their health insurance, right? Like, you know, there's different things, you know, 401ks, I know they're different in Canada, but like your retirement accounts, right? Like all these things come into consideration and there's things you can create for yourself that you can borrow from yourself. So it doesn't matter if the interest rates are super high in either country, you can set things up so you can borrow the money from yourself and it's tax deductible. So that's one of them. Two is spend some time coming up with a good name, right? Spend some time coming up with a good name. You know, like you said, like the launch button, it's simple. Like people are like, all right, you know, we followed like the easy button, right? You know, it's mm-hmm. in the us <laughs> like, hit the easy button, right? That so was easy.
0: Buttons,
1: <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah, you know, so we even use that, right? We use a little uh, I know, I got the blue background. <laughs> there we go. Right, we got the little rock, the little button there with a little rocket in the middle to, to launch it out. Right, mm-hmm. so coming up with that name is gonna get people to like just stop and click, and it got to be simple. Like, yeah, I think that's the biggest thing I see with most entrepreneurs is they try and overcomplicate it. I know Albert Einstein has that quote, make it simpler, but not you know, make it as simple as possible, but not simpler. Right. So, something nice, short, like there's currently a domain name still out there. So, if I
0: think that's easy to spell.
1: Easy to (laughs) spell. Not
0: like amplify you. (laughs) Yeah, not like my last name, right? Like,
1: it's a long name. You don't want that, right? Something simple that's catchy, right? And you'll know it when you find it. And and just ask some friends. People want to help you. I think that's the biggest thing. Lots of people want to help, but most people are too scared to ask for help. Because, again, it comes down to ego. They're going to feel embarrassed. I don't know that. Right. I should know that. What, what's everybody going to think? The fear of failure and fear of rejections are the two major things that, like, get people to, like, stay at their jobs. Like, if I leave, I'm a VP. Now I'm going to go make be a baker. Like, what's that? What all my friends going to think? Like, what are all? And that really holds people back. Right. And it's these six inches that mess us up all the time between our years.
0: Right. You think there's like certain like mindset that you have to have to finally be like ready to like, obviously you had a trauma that happened and uh, there's a tragedy and something happens. That was the same. In my story too, there was a tragedy that made me feel like life was too short, but for the people that don't, does everyone need to have a tragedy? I guess is my question. Or can some people then like get the mindset right and do it on their own without the tragedy?
1: (laughs) I think some people are born into it. Like if your parents are entrepreneurs and Mm -hmm. those types of things, um, though you know that helps, I think, if you did sports or something like that and you're competitive and you're used to failing, because right. that's the biggest thing as adults, right? It's like, oh, I'm gonna try something new and I have to be perfect. You know, right. we use, I use okay. that baby analogy all the time, right? With if, if baby gets up, says crawl and tries to learn how to walk and they fall down, you're not like, hey, stay down for three to five years. <laughs> yeah. But most people, when they start a business, like they fail, like whether it was a network marketing business, whether it's a a true entrepreneur business, whether it's like a solo product and they fail, they feel embarrassed and they don't do anything again for three to five years. Right. It takes them that long to build back up the confidence. So that entrepreneur roller coaster, getting used to failing and expecting it. I tell my team, like I always tell everybody when they start out, look, you're going to suck at it and it's okay. Mm-hmm. It's okay to suck. Right. And get used to the sucking because you're going to suck at it. And that's the only way you can get better. Right. You learn more from your failures than you do from your successes. And by doing that, you start to grow and learn and figure things out along the way.
0: Yeah fail fast. yeah. Failed fast. Fast, Failed yeah. It's not so painful then, right? Um, so you're in your book, do you lay out a plan for people who are launching? Because I know when I started my business, I was like 25 years old and had no freaking clue other than that. my dad was an entrepreneur and I knew that I didn't want to work for someone else and had had enough. So I was just like, yeah, let's do this. But I fell into the, like, I love the sales and the marketing and the chase of that sale. I was super good at that. The rest of it, though, like that was like a lot of like shiny objects and a lot of like uneven foundation (laughs) for many, many years. And in fact, was the demise of my first business because we went so quick to success that we didn't have some things in place that you probably should have, uh, like taxes and things like that. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. So um, I designed it more as a workbook. At the end Mm -hmm. of each chapter, there's questions right and i'll tell you what the answers are and it's more like okay what's your philosophy on money what's your philosophy on this where does it come from is what we don't understand and I, and I spend a lot of time diving into neuroscience and i'm sure you have as well like no. how, how people think and how they react to things it's like we either follow one of our parents or we do the opposite right like right. and it's good to know where that comes from i always joke about the love of coffee with people it's like do you really love coffee or does it bring up a memory of somebody that first gave it to you that's why you love it or that's why you hate it like people either love coffee yeah. or they hate it there's not people that are like eh, i just occasionally drink it or there's a very yeah. few percentage. Yeah. it's it's like you know very skewed and usually it has to do with a memory of who gave it to them or what it was right um to do that so all these things are implanted on us and half the time we gotta unlearn those mm-hmm. things so yes it's a, it's a workbook format it lays it out i even have have it up on the site where people can go in, download PDFs for it to to write it in. And we're going to have the questions in there eventually. The next upgrade on the site is they'll be able to type in their answers and then we'll print out a nice PDF for them at the end. And then there's some additional resources they can get access to.
0: That's awesome. Now, normally normally I would have read your book already, but because it was just launching at the end of November and then the holidays I haven't gotten my little hands yet. So I'm looking forward to reading it afterwards. And that's, for our audience listening, why my bizarre questions about what's in the book, <laughs> instead of like sharing with you what's in the book, and that's why. So I do have good intentions of getting it and reading it because it sounds like a really amazing book, and I love how you structured it that way. So it's kind of like a, a guidebook, a guide roadmap for people to kind of go from uh, like that rocket ship getting the six six inches off the ground <laughs> with with a <the> good speed.
1: <laughs> yeah, and a lot of people want to have, in, in today's world, they they want to have that Freedom to run their businesses from anywhere, right? right? And so we talk about how you can pick up properties in different countries or different states. You don't have to do it, right? So there's even a plan in there for as you get to that point of like, I, you know, I want to be a snowbird, right? Mm-hmm. I want to, or you want to live in, in multiple places, how to do that. So you're generating revenue through the whole process.
0: Yeah. And, and I building think that. Up. I think the one thing about the real estate space that I think I'm uh, maybe shy some people shy away from is I think you need to have all this capital sitting in the bank ready to put uh, as a down payment on something. So is so for someone who's starting as a business or a side hustle and you don't have that um to put in there, there's ways that you can go about investing still without having that huge nest egg sitting there in your bank account.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, and that's the great thing about like um some the the buying a property where you eventually want to live and being able to rent it out when you're not using it, right? So now your cash flow, or even if you rent it, be able to re-rent it, there's stuff like that. And some of the things we talked to you about before you leave your business, you start setting up for your own protection and then you can borrow from yourself. So one of the like big concerns right now is interest rates are going up and I'm like, awesome, cool. Because that gets rid of all the wannabes, right? In the real estate space, because look, in the last three years, you could have just thrown a the dart. In Canada, in the US, hit a property, bought it, did nothing to it, and made 50, sell it a year later, and you made 50 to 100 grand, right? Right. Yeah. It was pretty easy easy
0: times. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, I didn't
1: take any knowledge, any training, or anything like that. Now's the time we're going to get into that. But if you had set these plans up for yourself, Mm -hmm. you actually can borrow from yourself at very low interest rates. So that's, there's some tricks then like tax savings and stuff like that, that people don't understand. Right. Uh, both in Canada and the US of benefits of doing that because some people have a high paying job right now and they just need tax write-offs. So when right. they just started right. a business and lost money, they would actually make more money and people don't get that. You're like, right. hey, but I'm losing money. You're like, yeah, but you just got all this money back over here. Like my dad, right. teacher does, doesn't understand it. He's been, He's mm-hmm. like, but we didn't cash flow on that property. I was like, but you also got like a $10,000 tax deduction. So now you did... And you got money back, but yeah. you know he doesn't count that. He's like, but that's yeah. not from the property.
0: And I don't think we're gonna see in our lifetime. Like my some family members, we just we have uh, just uh, sold a property they bought for forty nine thousand dollars. We sold it for two point one million dollars. Like, well, I don't think we're going to see that kind of <laughs> in our generation right now. Like we kind of missed the vote on that one. So right. now we have to be a little bit smarter with our investments and find some other ways of of, fi- of finding property. What do you find is like something that you would encourage people to look at right now?
1: Yeah. So on the, on the real estate side, we're in this weird transition right now between the government, like a lot of people bailing people out on the government side and all that. And that's starting to end. So we're starting to going to see more foreclosures, more unfortunately bankruptcies, and people that overextended themselves during the new mm-hmm. times. That you know they took their tax money instead of using it to pay their rent, they bought an iPhone, right, or whatever yeah. it is. Like all those benefits that people got. So, but that also is when really true wealth is made. Because mm-hmm. if somebody's got to sell something at a discount, we never want that on anybody. But if somebody's got to sell something that's never be a discount eventually the price is going to come back so if you're able to pick it up at that discounted price you know maybe that 2.1 million drops to 1.2 right, right after, after they did it and now like you 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 can get it for the 1.2 and get back to the nine but you can even do that on fifty thousand dollars property right right and what most people don't understand is there's a there's properties in their price range mm-hmm. that they just got to have the confidence to look for them
0: Right, and like not necessarily looking for something that you're gonna live in or your dream house, or like holding on on that, but like working your way up in the in the investment yeah. so that you eventually get there. I think that's really interesting. Now we kind of jump back and forth between like starting your business and 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 investing in real estate. Do you what see like kind of like the secret sauce for you is like a combination of the two? Um, you know, I think there's like that saying that you should have what seven different types of revenue coming in at any given time. So what's the like what's the recipe that you uh, recommend?
1: Yeah, so I believe you got to have both. You got to have the business and you got to have the real estate because here's what we've seen when businesses tend to crash, the real estate market takes off. And when the real estate market takes make might crash businesses tend to do well, right? So when you have that that getting getting balance when they're both doing well, it's awesome. And then you, you slowly add more revenue streams, but start with one on each. Like, and we also, I mean, I see, I know you see this with entrepreneurs as well all the time is like, they're like, I want to do this and I want to do this and I want to do this and I want to do this. And it's like, no, pick one, mm-hmm. get that one up and running, generating some revenue. Then you can add more, right? Cause you're going to learn so much with that one, but if you try and do seven, so I would pick one business you want to start. And then start looking at an area of the country where it could be right where you live. If you don't already own a home, it could be a a second part of, you know, wherever you like to vacation to pick up a property because you're going to know those areas. And that's important. Just like, you know, you start to know your business. So pick one and one, start to just learn about it. Right. There's so much information out there. We do we do lots of we do three trainings a week. I know you do a bunch of trainings a week for entrepreneurs. So like. Between that, you need to start to hone in what it is because some people should not do short-term rentals, right? I know that's a big strategy, Airbnb, short-term rentals. But, you know, if your friend is not your cell phone, then you should (laughs) not really be doing that or hire a millennial or hire. You know, we run a co-hosting business for people like that. that can't handle it. You do those types of things, right? You're able to provide the services that they need. But I look at it as... Start one-on-one. And and if you're still at your job, it's easy because you're just doing it part-time. Like, whatever that time is to do it.
0: You know, know, for me, my uh, entrepreneurial journey was, like, very... (laughs) We looked at it on the map. It was not... It was like, this idea, let's go over here. And this idea, let's go over there. I wish I had just picked one thing and kept it really simple instead of complicating it by, like, following what's the next newest marketing trend out there. Do you have any suggestions around mindset for people to kind of like stay like in their lane and focused?
1: Yeah, so it's it's really interesting. I just heard this the other day um that is uh in a book and they talked about when something is new like your whole, whole entire brain lights up, right? Like your whole entire brain lights up. That's why everybody's like, oh, it's new, we got to do new things and new is like the destruction of your business new is like the destruction of your plan because you know you know we all call it we call it the shiny object syndrome right like the the dog that chases you know the different bones and balls and there's a reason that
0: that's that's the acronym for that is sos right help yeah
1: (laughs) Yeah. yeah. uh you know and so when we do that but it's it's actually neuroscience now you know i understand it now like the whole brain your left and your right brain lights up and your right brain's more creative and then as you do something over and over it shifts to your left side which is just that routine so it doesn't fire your whole brain up you're like oh, i gotta make the phone calls oh, i gotta do the website oh, i gotta bake the cookies oh, i got it right like that just becomes mundane and it's not exciting anymore right so it's fine the, the key to it really is finding new ways to make your business feel exciting because look the entrepreneurial roller coaster you call it right and we call it like, you'll be super high. You're like, ah, I just made X number of dollars. And I just lost it all. Oh, no, oh, I made it. And then, right, like it's a roller coaster up and down. And I think it takes those first couple of years of like you settling into like not assuming when you get super high, super low. I think we all now trend to be like, all right, we're going to have good. We're going to have bad. Let's just mm-hmm. stay even keel and we make through it. But that takes time for people to adjust to that, right? So that would be the key, just, you know. Staying away from new the new shiny object and focusing on your business. And that's where it helps to be pa- truly passionate about it, right? Truly have that deep why tied to it because you'll stay focused on it. You know, and, and I do this with lots of people. They're like, oh, I want to make more money. Great. So does everybody. Mm-hmm. It's not why you're doing it, right? Like, here's a quarter. I mean, I used to be, you know an uh, older version of me would be a little more aggressive, like, oh, who in this room wants to make more money? There'd be 100 people there during the training. I was like, great, here's a quarter. I just made all your dreams come true. right?" Because like, <laughs> yeah. that's what you said. And then people are like, well, I don't want a quarter. But people aren't really clear on why they're doing something or what they want. And it's getting clear on that.
0: Yeah, that's a really good. And I mean, that goes for podcasters, too, that are starting up their podcasts. Like, if you're not clear on why you're doing it, you're going to lose interest in it pretty quickly. I feel like also, too, as you know, you get out of the what the honeymoon stage of like having a new business and it's all exciting with that brain lit up. If you can find maybe the find the activities within your business that you still love doing and find a way of outsourcing the rest of those things that you're nodding your wheel of genius that maybe don't keep the brain lit up, <laughs> I feel like that might also be really good and really helpful to do that sooner than later. Whereas I you know some people wait a long time to let go of those <laughs> tasks, which I think hold people back and maybe even stop them from pursuing their business altogether. Cause they're not excited about it anymore.
1: <laughs> well, I, I totally. And I would also say having a, a mentor or a coach or somebody like that is hugely important because you'll be like, Oh, what about this idea? And they'll be like, well, th- this idea is going to require this, this, and this. Right. So, you know, everything I've ever done, I'm very coachable Everything I've ever done, I was not the tallest guy, but I almost made the 92 Olympic team. I played sports my entire life in a sport that most Americans don't know. It's called European team handball. Mm, And it's what soccer players play in the winter. And like, it's like water polo on land. You get to tackle people and hit people. Right. But I wasn't the tallest. I wasn't the fastest, but I was coachable. And they said, do this. And I did it right. Like, and most people having a coach or, or somebody that's been through the fire will shorten their learning curve, right? Okay. Now, everybody's got to bang their head against the wall. Everybody's mm-hmm. got to go through their frustration point. But just be open to that coach or mentor to like guide you through some of this, especially early on.
0: Absolutely. Uh, I forget who the actor is right now. Gosh, it's gone right out of my brain. But one of my coaches always shares a story about a famous actor. We all know his name, and I just can't remember at the moment. But he's a famous actor, A-lister but he has seven coaches because as he was getting better in his craft, he needed a coach for each different area in his business. So even someone of that caliber, like needs coaching in different areas. So whether it was the nutrition and the voice coach and the wardrobe coach or whatever, we had seven coaches. And I always appreciate that story because it just reminds you that, you know, the one, don't do it alone. Two, when you have someone that's ahead of you have already been there, it shortens your shortens your frustration level for sure. Uh, so that's awesome. Awesome advice. And I love how your book kind of actually, but it sounds like it leads people on that path of like, here's the the framework. And then can they then work with you afterwards to uh, help them get going on their business?
1: Sure. Yeah, we, we have them on the business. We have them on the real estate side. And I always, you know, to your point about that, you know, you look at the best player in any sport, they all have coaches, right? And they have different coaches, like you said, in different areas. And the thing that I think most entrepreneurs mess up and most people in general is when their coach asks them to do something, they ask them why. Hmm. And they put that friction up right away, right? They put that friction up like, why am I doing that? Well, you won't know why until after you do it, right? Like, you have better questions. So I always tell people, make it a frictionless process. Like, I've gotten the chance to work with lots of multimillionaires, you know, billionaires, those types of people, people that are going to become billionaires, because I they just said, go do it, and I did it. You know, you look at Michael Jordan, probably the best basketball player. It's so arguable, right? Best basketball player. He was cut in seventh grade. And his coach said, only if you show up before class every single day and run drills with me. Will I let you on the team next year. If you don't, let that look, you're getting no, you're getting nothing. It wasn't like you're not even going to bounce a ball. You're just going to run drills with me for one whole year, right? And Michael Jordan wasn't like, I, you know, he could have said ego, like, you know, F you, I'm the best player on the team because he wasn't at that time, or he learned that discipline, right? And then when he got to the All NBA. When they lost the championship, he goes, well, no, we lost the championship. I got to go fix me, not the team. I got to go fix me. I got to be a better defensive player. Hmm. And so I've always done that with people is make it frictionless. So for all my coaches and stuff like that, they give you more information. And then you actually do it and you go, oh, now I have a better question. But our brains go, why, why are you making me do that, Michelle? Why should I do that? And then you're, then you're like you try to explain it. It won't make sense to the person. They go, well, I'm not doing it. It's like, because you haven't gone through it yet. Right. You haven't experienced it. Just go do it. Then come back with better questions.
0: Yeah. That reminds me of um, Kevin Eastman was a, a guest a speaker at one of the masterminds I attend. And he was sharing his story about Kobe Bryant. And, you know, Kobe was, you know, practicing this drill and Kevin was like, well, how long do you to practice this drill for until you get better? He's like, until, and they, and, and he was like, what? What do you mean? Like, how long are you going to keep doing this drill? He's like, until. And until he until just until. It just, it just keeps the practicing, practicing, practicing. That's what makes the grades greater. They just keep, they just go until. <laughs> there's no, yeah. there's no like, great, done. I did my 10 reps. I'm done today. So <laughs> I, would, I would love uh, Kevin Eastman's uh, story about Kobe. It's so funny. Yeah. Yeah, so good. So I want to go back just before we can let you go sure. about your your 9-11 experience. Like, I think that was one of those days that like everyone remembers. Like I'm Canadian. It happened in the US, not even in the same countries I'm in, but I remember what I was doing that day. I think we all remember where we were, what we were doing that day. I was in second year of college in the outdoor recreation program, and we were literally leaving on a bus that morning to go kayaking into the wilderness for three. Um, three weeks on the ocean kayaks and we weren't going to be anywhere near technology or anywhere near civilization for three weeks. So as we went into the woods that day, we weren't sure what we were going to come back to. And so it was a crazy day, but I wasn't there like you were. I can't imagine what your day was like that day.
1: Yeah. So um, it, it, it was a real interesting time in my life. I just moved. I literally just moved to New York City on September 1st, 2001. I got the apartment with the you know, on, on top of our building had the pool, I had the corner office, I was high on life and, you know, I was just getting used to the commute from up, Upper East Side down down to our office, which is about five to 10 blocks away from the Twin Towers. So there are people that had it way worse, some of my buddies, and for all of the military veterans, first responders, anybody that kept us safe during COVID want to say thank you guys very much for all the things you guys did all the way down to the janitors, right, um, during that. But we were... Luckily for me, it was an eight th- It was a Tuesday because my guys came through the bottom of the Twin Towers because I ran IT. We weren't able to take people off the floor of the call centers and everything like that during the day. So we came in a half hour early on Tuesdays and did a meeting. And um, we were inside conference room and all of a sudden a bunch of people would run into the window and um, we could look right into the Twin Towers and um, they were all pointing up and they were like that's a Cessna, right? Or look at the whole, and everybody thought at that time thought it was a Cessna. And one of my guys turned to me and he happened to be from Bangladesh and he goes, that's a terrorist attack, dude. He goes, look and I'll look at the clouds. And if you look at the clouds from any of those pictures, there was not a cloud in the sky. He's like, if that pilot wanted to miss it, he would have missed it. But no, they they went straight into it. So we went back to our conference room real fast. And then as we came out of that, we we're like, all right, anything our news division needs because all the photographers were already running down to the scene. Because we were like ten blocks away, so they just grabbed their cameras and went. And we came out, and just as the second plane went by, right into the twin towers with that big fireball. And wow. after that, it just went into firefighter mode. But I did what I realized that day was the only difference between. As I process it later, um, mm-hmm. we got evacuated. We weren't able to evacuate till after three p.m. So that happened at like nine a.m. So we mm-hmm. stayed there transferring data, like with like no power on batteries, and then we evacuated. And the CTO asked somebody from it to go back down to the scene and it was a war zone. So I, I wouldn't allow any of my team members to go in. And I said, I would go just to be with the news team and everything like that. Mm. Um, and my boss said, I didn't have to go. I know, I know, but it, I, it's okay. if I got hurt. I couldn't live with myself if I sent another employee <laughs> in, and they got hurt. So I had to sneak past the national guard with M16s because nobody had any, nobody had IDs. Nobody had any of those things back then. So I, I stopped past them, got back to the office and I realized the only difference between me and the people that jumped off the twin towers was my company just signed a lease on a smaller building. Right. Otherwise that could have been us. And, you know, they did, you know, we processed the photos of all the people jumping. and we saw all those things. And just for weeks and weeks afterwards, we dealt with that. But when you sat back, you're like, is this is where I want to end up. Right. Like, mm-hmm. And so there was a lot of thoughts. I won't go into all all the things that happened. There's, there's, there's some deep memories there, but I got to appreciate every day then. Right. Just like you said, you had a trauma, like we appreciate more what we have. We understand more, um, you know, and it's just, it's just something that I'll sit with you. I still have a picture of the twin towers, um, that, that we hang here. And, um, you know, it just reminds me of that. And we all have a choice. Right. And we have that choice and then we're to live our best lives and to, you know, to follow our passions. because the world needs your ideas. That's the biggest thing. You know, Les Brown says that, right. The graveyard is full of, you know, the greatest ideas ever that never happened. And right. I, wish I had the book, the book with you. But I, I wrote a book with Les Brown, Jack Canfield and Brian Tracy. The funny thing is, J- Brian Tracy and Les Brown are on the back cover with me. Because nobody knew who they were 10 years ago, right? Yeah. 10, 15 years ago, right? Nobody knew who they were. And that's what I always tell people. You know, people may not know who you are now, but in 15 years, you could, you know, be on the front cover with all these people, right? You could be a household name, but you gotta have consistent daily action. Right. We call it CDA. Consistent daily action leads to success in your business. Just do one thing every day for your business. Do one thing every day for your real estate, do one thing for every area of your life. And and keep it going.
0: I love that so powerful. One consistent thing is just like one step, one foot in front of the other. That consistent momentum really helps you. And I want to share with our audience uh, a quote that I read that you said. And it was um just trying to find it at the moment. I was trying to pull it up while we were talking there, and I can't. Oh, shoot, I can't find it. um <laughs> And I bet you know which quote I'm talking about. It's the one about the wallet. So if you, what's the? Can you share? Do you know which one I'm talking about? <laughs> I've heard same. you say it. It's a, the quote about the wallet. So the size of your wallet.
1: Oh yeah. So mm-hmm. so I this is what I tell people, right? Um, you got if you want to change your mindset, you got if you want a fat wallet, right? Everybody wants a fat wallet, mm-hmm. right? Then you got to change your you got to change your mindset first, right? In order to change your mindset first, then you can have the fat wallet because if you don't, everybody's like, well, if I do just do this, I'll become wealthy. No, you're you're gonna have the same patterns if you you know. I always joke credit cards because so many people like credit cards are bad or good is like. No, credit cards don't have personality. You don't have two credit cards sitting on your shoulder being like the good credit card and the bad good one, one the bad right? One. <laughs> like, spend me? No, don't spend, right? No, they just bring out your financial personality. So we always say that, right? The the if you want to change the size of your wallet, you got to change your mindset.
0: Yes. And thank you, you for letting wallet? me put <laughs> thank you for letting me put you on the spot for that, folks. I read it earlier today and it's like, oh, that's so good. <laughs> so yeah, you know, and you someone can give you million dollars. It's like that's why those people that win the lottery sometimes go broke again right away. It's because they don't haven't changed anything and uh, in six inches between their ears, right?
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: So cool. Well, this has been great having you on here today. I've learned lots and I uh, look forward to continuing uh, learning more about you, reading your book finally, and uh, having you back on again and sometime in the future. So thanks so much for being with us. Any last words for our audience today?
1: Sure. You know, if you want more information, you go to hugheseretc.com. Uh, we have the Entrepreneur Family. Uh, it's eFamily. Uh, we follow the Ohana model. And, um, you know, we're going to have Michelle Potentially be a part of that and some other people come out there as you know we don't i don't feel that anybody can be an expert in all areas of their lives and we all need help we all need coaching i hire coaches i know michelle hires coaches trainers right we surround ourselves with the people that'll help us get there so it, it takes a village to get anybody where they want to be so i appreciate you, you having me on here it's awesome as we get to know each other and we get to grow and, and do more things in the future together so i appreciate that and um yeah, you know, I look forward to getting to know you better as well.
0: Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Hugh, for being here with us today. Amplify You family, go out there, check out Hugh's book. We're gonna link it in the chat. Make sure you go and pick it up if you want to start a business today without um, and cut out all the, the the years of the years of the shiny object syndrome that I had and get the fast path to where you want to go by turning your passion into profit. And especially if you're sitting at a job right now, keep going on that job until you get that until you get that going. Like I think that's so smart. Uh, thank you so much for being here with us today and amplify You family. Have a fabulous week. We'll see you again next week. Thank you family for joining us on this adventure. If you're ready to be heard, head over to mypodcastcoach.com where you'll find out all the tools and tips you'll need to launch your podcast today. If you have a show already and you need some help managing it, please head over to managemypodcast.com and the amplify you team would be happy to help you manage your podcast. Please also head over to iTunes, like, subscribe, or review our show so we can spread this message. And until next time, be your own unique genius.